Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Joining me, my good friend down there in Decula, Georgia, fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. It is uh, it's good to be back. I'm sure uh, Knoxville, Tennessee is still uh, as high as it could possibly be. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, just glad to be back talk week eight it does kind of stink and i mean i know you were dealing with this a lot more than tennessee to this point in the year and uh now it's just we were talking about it in the sunday show it's just that like you're in the bread and butter of your schedule now like every week's gonna be uh meaningful for the dogs going forward where you no more uh saturdays where you can work on other stuff and do and bounce around and watch other games you have to be a fully invested uh for the next uh for just the rest of the season and then tennessee this iconic big time win get over the hump and then you got ut martin this week and no offense to ut martin and coach sampson's crew like but the, to the warhawks what are they something like skyhawks i want to say are they warhawks? i think you I think might be Sky, right i think they're skyhawks Sky it's some kind of hawk yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's skyhawk but um yeah i just it's kind of a bummer and i feel bad saying that but it's just it, when you're in the middle of the season, it goes back to your point where like get these out of the way early. Can you imagine yeah. the NFL season where you're just like deep into it, and then it's like Falcons versus NFL Europe or some, you know, and you're just like, okay, this. Uh, I mean, it's just it's a bummer to have these squashed in the middle of uh, your season. But it's also like on the other side, this team needed uh, a week off. It gives Cedric Tillman a week off. It gets all these DBs who are injured. It lets everybody heal up, gives some opportunities for guys who haven't been playing as much. Like I, so, it, I think it's better for the team, but it's <laughs> it just sucks for all of us because it's just uh, yeah. there's nothing like big time college football when your team's involved. Yeah, like I get it, obviously from a team perspective. Like, oh, get younger players playing time, get healthy, whatever. Week off, like a bye week when it's basically not a bye week, but mm -hmm. but it's like that's no other sport does that like it's so it's like in week 14 you just decide yeah we're gonna play this is just gonna be a preseason game quarterbacks only mm -hmm. gonna play like the first quarter and then yeah we're just gonna bend it doesn't really matter um it, yeah it's just it's just a weird a weird thing i i love i feel like the sec is getting away from them in november like if you look at this year's november schedule mm -hmm. like georgia would always have like in november some combination of auburn kentucky like you said Tennessee Martin and then Georgia Tech. And so it's mm -hmm. like, it's just such a, with Georgia Tech also being bad for so long, it's like your season's basically ending the, the second week of November. It's just, mm. it's just kind of a bummer. But, um, but yeah, and I was thinking about it too earlier, like, because like the weather, I feel like it's getting so cold out. It seems like fall is like such a small window where it's just like, yeah, this is like perfect weather. And Georgia mm. never has a game in Athens around this time. It's hmm. like the second to last week of October is always a bye week. Second to last or the last week of October is always in Jacksonville. And then it's like November starts and it's winter. And it's like it's kind of weird that Georgia never has a home game in this this second half of, of the month of October. Well, I mean, that's a positive though, right? Like I'm I'm assuming you're uh, you're happy with this development and we'll see like do you actually think they're going to move Florida Georgia to a home and home or do you think this stays in Jacksonville? 
I don't know. I think Kirby Smart seems to to really want it to be a home and home series just because he's always talking about recruiting. And obviously mm-hmm. Georgia's recruited as well as anybody, but and you know, and maybe this Tennessee game, maybe that could change uh, Kirby's mind, but it's probably more than anything going to be a, a data point for him. Like, look at what this Tennessee game is going to do for our program, for our national exposure, like College game day is going to be there. All the recruits in the Southeast that we're after, they're all going to want to be at this game. It's like he's always talked about how LSU and Alabama have this just massive game every year, every every other year on every other campus that every recruit wants to be at. And he's like, our biggest game like that is in Jacksonville every season. And we can't host recruits, show, show them Athens or the stadium experience, all that. So I would like to see a like a home home Jacksonville home home Jacksonville kind of rotation hmm. like kind of A&M and Arkansas like I don't know if they play in uh in Jerry World every year they might have gotten to where they're just the last two have been in Jerry World but it, I like the uh switching it up a little bit because mm-hmm. Jacksonville is still like such a it's such a, a great tradition the 50-50 fan split but I mean, you can understand for recruiting purposes, wanting to have this great atmosphere in your home campus, you know, we'll see. Um, it's kind of weird that I, I don't, I don't remember what the reason was Alabama stopped playing the Alabama Tennessee game in Birmingham. I, I don't remember. Do you know the reason? I, I really don't remember why. No, I mean, just because they tore down Legion Field. Yeah, like, maybe. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, they sure. played in Alabama Auburn. That was in the, into the, like the nineties played in, uh, in Birmingham, but what mm-hmm. 92, the SEC championship is in Legion field. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was, it moved to Atlanta. So I don't know if it was just the stadium it was just kind of seen better days or something, but yeah, I'm not sure. Well, Matt green, uh, we have some news we should get into, but you have a, uh, a, a damn good dog that you would like to shout out before we get into <laughs> our Nigel and Nighthawk uh, news hour here. So uh, the floor is yours, sir. Well said, sir. The definition of a hashtag DGD. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Trippy, rest in peace, sir. 100 years old. Um, this man, one of the four retired numbers for Georgia, number 62. Mm. That, uh, just tells you about when this guy played. Who are the On other the two? national championship. Uh, it's number 21 for Frank Sinkwich, uh, 34 for Herschel, 62 for Charlie Trippy, mm. and then number 40. Oh, shoot. I should know this. Number 40? Is that what it is? Um, for Theron Sapp, who was mm. like not even a good player, but he just he scored the game winning touchdown when Georgia beat Georgia Tech in like 1950 something to bust the drought. Georgia lost like 11 straight or something to Georgia Tech, and they that guy just scored the game-winning touchdown. Okay, you got to retire that number. That's, that's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. but uh, 21. That's what sucks. Sinkwich, like 21, is one of the like the t- cooler numbers out there. You never mm-hmm. see a Georgia player rocking 21 because of Heisman Trophy winner from the 40s. But obviously, he was a great player. But Charlie Trippy, on the other hand, he was on the national championship team 1942. Then won SEC Player of the Year in 1946 after fighting in World War II because he's just just a damn good American mm. on top of being a damn good dog. But this man uh, was number one pick of the Chicago Cardinals 1945, 
signed the biggest contract in NFL history, four years, $100,000 to the Cardinals. Only he's in the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Only NFL Hall of Famer with 1,000 career passing yards, 1,000 career rushing yards, and 1,000 career receiving yards. Hmm. So how about that? Charlie Trippy, damn good dog. Rest in peace, sir. I like it. I like it. Um, Matt Green, my wish has been granted here. Uh, the Big 12, uh, so Brett Yormark, uh, the new Big 12 commissioner, um, he revealed uh, that Texas and Oklahoma have committed to remain in the Big 12 through the end of 2025, sir. That is an absolute delight. Look, I don't like wishing my life away. I don't like when people are like, oh, I can't wait till so-and-so gets here or so-and-so. No, live in the moment, folks. Enjoy the present. Enjoy each and every day on this planet. That being said, now that you can just take away the the, the Texas OU stuff, I mean, it hurts Georgia. Now it makes less sense that Georgia took off oklahoma from uh their schedule and tennessee did it as well because they're not coming until 2025 now well but georgia wasn't going to play the next one until like 2031 oh was it going to be 2031 okay well i'm talking about i don't know when is tennessee going to play was supposed to play the second one were they supposed to play back-to-back years no because it got rescheduled remember it was supposed to be in 2020 when we were supposed to go and then it got canceled and rescheduled for covid so i don't know when it actually would have um it's a good question i think it was yeah, we never got it? to see the juggernaut matchup of uh, Georgia, Virginia, and the uh, Chick Fil A Classic either. Mm. Well, we get Virginia shame. and Nashville, so start next year. We're not going to Provo. We're we're going to Nashville to play the Cavaliers in the almost hired by Tennessee Bowl of Tony Elliott versus. Scared of the Cougs, man. Scared of the Cougs. Uh, look, man. I I wanted to go. Like I would absolutely be there. I'd probably get uh, go with my dad or something to Provo next year if that was the case um but you don't want to start nico ia maliava true freshman five star on the road in provo in your your opening game you don't want to do that um but again here now texas and oklahoma staying in the big 12 through 2025 we get to see how this looks with the big 12 expansion uh starting next year so we're gonna get three seasons matt green of texas and oklahoma having to deal with ucf who is cooking with fire. We'll get into UCF and our pick this week with Gus Malzahn. They've turned the corner, dropped 70 last week. You get Houston in there, great basketball school, but we'll see really just a season from hell for them that caught all of us by surprise um, with Dana Holgerson's bunch. But they're coming in. BYU, the aforementioned BYU coming into this conference, excited to see what they do. And then um, Cincinnati, who has just been awesome and just, they're just rolling along, doing what Cincinnati does, Luke Fickle. I mean, I am very, very interested to see what the Big 12 looks like over the next three years because we talk about it this year, man. Anyone, like We could make the case for still five teams to win this conference right now. You yeah. throw in those four in the mix, I think it's just going to be anarchy the next three years in the Big 12. I mean, it is going to be so much fun and a lot of it stems from oklahoma just not being what oklahoma was and texas still being on the rise that this conference man it's gonna be wide open and i love that those three are gonna or those two are staying in the conference for three years so we get three years of just some beefed up crazy big 12 football 
Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I, I um, I'm wondering how much the 2022 uh, results on the field have impacted this decision. Mm. Oklahoma's like, you know what? We're uh, we're not really in a hurry to go to the SEC right now. Let's just let's just work on us right now, and then we'll uh, then we'll focus on on the SEC because I think most of us were like, yeah, Oklahoma, they'll do fine in the SEC. Texas. You know they're gonna they might be the bottom half of the sec for the first few years they're in it and um as so far with how 2022 is looking uh i'm not sure i'm not sure if brent venables is gonna make it to the sec at that point that's fair um but we'll see and a lot of oklahoma fans just like oh josh eipel josh eipel's not going like that's that's not happening they're uh it's not going to be the case. You don't want to believe that. No, I mean, it's, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be enticing. Oklahoma is one of the the blue bloods of the sport. If they come calling, that's I'm where sorry. You what is school. Tennessee? If they're a blue blood, are we not throwing Tennessee in that sport in that list? Tennessee is just they're in that that level below. I mean, the recent history isn't helping them. I think they're like what ninth, tenth all time in college football and wins. Yeah, but they're blue blood. Um, they're, they're that. Uh, they're that level below. Oklahoma's like, I mean, I'm not, Oklahoma's in that elite of the elite, all time tradition and everything. Mm. They have like what, like eight, seven, eight national championships. Like they're they're a different level for sure. Like Ohio okay. State, Oklahoma, USC, Alabama. I think like they're kind of on a. They're the true blue bloods, like we talked about. Like you can't, you can't. It's not a new club you can join. It's like you had to, you had to be in this like 1970. Or else you just you couldn't join the club. Tennessee's the one of the best of the rest, though. You're right there. Oh, thanks, thanks for that, Macron. <laughs> um, well, we'll see what happens. Important. I mean, ultimately, who cares? Like they're a college ball playoff team this year. What more can you want out of the Tennessee Volunteers? Could be. Could be. Um, There's talk. There's talk that the team that loses the Georgia Tennessee game actually has the best chance to make the college football yes playoff. this is this is true i love this theory but also can i throw this one out for you Hit what me. it's not a theory it's just something from a enjoyment factor is there not a better scenario for the sec and college football as a whole than old miss with lane kiffin and tennessee with josh heupel in the sec championship game the mustard bowl part two kiffin versus the vols for a shot at the college football playoff. Is that not, we thought Tennessee, Alabama ratings were insane. You put that on with no competition, like Tennessee, Old Miss. Goodness gracious. Uh, I don't think that moves the meter. I don't oh, think it Ole moves Miss, the meter. I don't think Old Miss moves the mainstream. You're talking mm. ratings and stuff like that. Like it's a good story and everything, but would that not be in, in, in Alabama, just, Tennessee was just like the most watched game of the season. Like people want those big brands. That's true. But also, for the storyline and the juiciness involved in those two going head-to-head for a shot would be, I mean, the, the week of, the trolling back and forth and just what the game would be like uh, in Atlanta. I mean, that is on the table, which is wild. I never would have thought we'd live in a world in 2022 where Ole Miss and Tennessee have a direct path to the college football playoff or to the SEC title game. Yeah, I mean it, it. It could happen. You think the 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 people are tired of Georgia, Georgia, Alabama? They don't absolutely. See, no one uh, wants that this year. Nobody. Don't see it. I mean, especially based on what we've seen for Alabama lately. You know what? I would be more interested. I mean, Georgia, Ole Miss would be more interesting, uh, based on what we've seen from Ole Miss. You guys don't have them on the schedule. 
Um, yeah, I think that would be far more interesting. Wouldn't you think Georgia fans would rather play Ole Miss? Wouldn't you rather play Ole Miss? I mean, probably, but I, that's probably because I just think Alabama is better than Ole Miss. Do you still I think mean, that? I mean, I I would still say. I mean, Ole Miss is a I'm really good sure. team this year, but I just think you never. I think you always prefer to play someone other than Alabama. I that's think. fair. But like, regardless of if are you bored? You slayed the dragon in January. Wouldn't you rather get some variety? Wouldn't you rather play Ole Miss than just go? No, back I to agree the well? with you. I'd rather play Ole Miss, but yeah. um, probably just out of not wanting to play Bama because I mean, as good mm. a, as much as we're talking, like Alabama, like the dynasty is dead. Like they scored forty nine points in that Tennessee game, right? Mm-hmm. Like Georgia, Keely Ringo has the pick six for a touchdown, but like. Georgia's up eight and Alabama's driving to potentially send the the national championship to overtime, you know? So it's like these, these games that Alabama's lost, it's like they, they've still had an opportunity to win. So I think what is over, like the dynasty isn't over, but what is over is just them being the head and shoulders elite team of college football. Now they're just like a regular elite team in college football that like they can win a national championship, but they might need things to bounce their way or they can they win games by one score, that sort of thing. Like, I mean, they barely beat A&M, barely beat Texas, lost to Tennessee now. Like, there's no indictment on that. Like, they're still a really good team. They're just not that elite of elite, just blow everyone out by 28 points. And it's 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 I've it's definitely better for college football where they're not just murdering everybody they play. Like, they could still be great. Just don't be unfairly great i mean we're gonna see i just i wonder with i we've never talked about bama this way and this is uh this is gonna be interesting to see how saban responds uh over the next couple weeks and uh we'll get into who they get they play this weekend but um it's it's fascinating because i think before the year um i feel a little bit vindicated where i was like Old Miss, Lane Kiffin, 10 wins, year two. He got over the hump, and then people were like, oh, back down to earth. I'm like, I don't know. The offense is, are they really going to go anywhere? Is Kiffin suddenly going to be one of the worst play callers? Is, are we sure that Jackson Dart and Zach Evans and company, and they're not yeah, going to I wasn't to... buying them um, coming yeah. into 2022. I wasn't, I wasn't sure about the encore. They've looked really good so far. I mean, I, my fingers are crossed because Old Miss, Tennessee, is it's not what the world needs or not what the South needs. It's exactly what the South needs, Matt Green. We all need it. Goodness gracious, Atlanta would be Ole a Miss war still waiting for that first SEC championship appearance. Have they never been? Never been. Mississippi State's been. Yeah, I think was Played that the year? Uh, the year Tennessee won the national championship. Yes. Was it Mississippi State? I think they and went then, twice um, in the nineties, didn't they? I think it's just the one. Are you sure? Because um, because Matt White was the quarterback, friend of the pod. Matt White was the quarterback for Mississippi State when they did it. I think 98, I think that's the only year. <clears throat> I want to say, was Fred Smoot on that team? I know he, I was a big Fred Smoot guy. Possible. Uh, back in the day. Um, you know, I'm a big corners fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and what, Tennessee, 07, that's the last SEC championship? Yeah, with Eric Ainge. Um, LSU got the pick six in that fourth mm-hmm. quarter. That's a long drought, long drought. So that would be some new blood in the SEC championship game for sure. It is wild. I don't know if, don't know if you know, mm. Tennessee fans, there's this new stadium. The mm. uh, the, the roof opens up. There's this mm. like fancy um, jumbotron. It's it's pretty cool. 
Okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, it's not the hey. This could be the year, man. They're looking good. I'm seeing. I'm gonna be salty if Tennessee get breaks through and wins the SEC this year. Because as a Georgia fan, it felt like we broke through so many times, and it was like it took us a while to get all the way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mad if Tennessee just does it year two of Heupel. They've obviously they've obviously gone through their lumps though. I mean, it would be wild if that were the case. I mean, we're not there yet. Uh, many people are saying 2019 LSU vibes. Um, I heard it. I saw a tweet. Someone mm-hmm. said that. I did see a tweet. Who was it? Uh, Peter Burns of the SEC Network. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know. Part of it is like I'm kind of scared. I I want to get through kentucky like let's just get through kentucky and then georgia take care of business against florida i'm going to be very very dismayed if one of our two teams drops a game before the georgia game that will be the biggest of bummers because i want it to be a perfect undefeated versus undefeated i want athens to be an absolute world war three uh situation and uh it'd be just for all the marbles but like you said the loser of that game if they're both undefeated you have a much better path uh, potentially to the college ball playoff if you take care of business after that. Um, if you, you think, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. No, that that I just I think that is a good theory, but it's still need you'll need a lot of help. Like if you follow that line of thinking, you're still going to need a lot of help. Just maybe some help, may not a lot of. It's also with Tennessee. Mm-hmm they're definitely had the advantage of beating Alabama already. So yeah. if they don't go to the SC championship and Alabama wins the SC championship, well, you beat that team. Mm-hmm. Whereas Georgia, if they lose to Tennessee, don't go to the SC championship. They don't necessarily have, I mean, they do have like the brand and like winning the national championship last year, kind of in their favor. Like he can pretend like that type of thing doesn't matter, but like that plays a factor, you know, in people's minds. So it's like they're they have that that a little bit of bias working for them, but yeah, like you said, there's going to need to be a couple one loss, maybe even two loss conference champions. Like the other the, the other one I was thinking about was Oregon. Like if hmm. Oregon runs the table, wins the the uh, Pac-12, it's like they they'll be a one loss Pac-12 champion with their one loss being to Georgia. And if you talk about, um. George, obviously, if Georgia it does have one loss, they'd probably have to get in over Oregon. But it's like if if Tennessee has one loss to Georgia, depending on what their loss is, they lose by a touchdown, and Oregon lost by forty six points. Like I don't know, it feels like you're they they want to give the conference champion the spot if they can, if they can justify putting the conference champion in, I think they do that. Like if that's like the, if you, that feels like the easy argument. Like when you had Oklahoma and Georgia back in 2018, it was like, yeah, Georgia almost beat number one, Alabama, but Oklahoma won their conference. Like we're going to put them in. Like that, that seems to be what they usually do, but, but I don't you know. Need It'll TC be a, probably go down. And I think like you yeah. said, you need to have um, UCLA for sure. Go down. I think, um, now would be interesting though if a one loss Michigan to Ohio State being their only loss and then missing the the Big Ten title game versus Tennessee if they miss the SEC title game and their only losses to Georgia, what does the committee do there? Now that see, I think I think with that scenario, Tennessee's got that Michigan or that Alabama win. It's true. like Michigan if they don't beat Ohio State, they smash Penn State. That's really the only win that's going to impress you on the whole schedule. So I. 
I tend to think Tennessee would get the benefit of the doubt. Like if it's a non-conference champion, like Tennessee, assuming Tennessee obviously doesn't win the conference in this scenario. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, I feel like they would be the one that got the benefit of the doubt. I think the one that's going to potentially hurt the multiple SEC teams the most is going to be Clemson hmm. because I just think this the ACC is just bad. Like I feel like it was like a it, we we talked about it like it was going to be a low key like really good conference this year. Mm. Like they had four or five like dark horse contenders, and Miami, NC State have just both been bad. Like they just have a lot of like obviously Syracuse better than we thought, but I think. I think this is just a bad conference. I think Clemson's going to run the table. So I think Clemson is going to get one of those four spots. And so I think that's going to make it tough because you have definitely, I think the big 10 is definitely going to get one too. So I, I think it could be tough for multiple sec teams to get in. Right. Like I think, like you said, I think Clemson's running the gauntlet. So they got one and I think Ohio state's in there. So I think for the other two, you need that big 12 and the pac 12 to cannibalize themselves. To have yeah. A one loss pac 12 champion, I think gets in over, over a one loss Tennessee, so. not you don't think so? No, I don't think so. I guess, I guess it, it does. It depend on who it is. Utah lost to Florida. Oregon lost to Georgia. I mean, I just like USC I, lost to Utah. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad loss. It's not as it won't be as. I good just don't think it'll be that Georgia strong or Alabama. Yeah. yeah, that's tough to say. I think it just feels like they want to. They want to like get the Pac-12 involved if they can. Like, I mean, they haven't been involved since what 2018. But they can't justify putting a Pac-12 yeah. team in. It, it seems like if you if you can justify making it as national as possible, giving all the conference, like you will. Yeah. But like last year, it's like you really couldn't. Like, you're not going to put a two-loss Big 12 champion in. Like, a Notre I mean, if Dame you team get honest, that didn't really. We already have any probably know who the four best teams are in the country, but you can't do it. You can't do the playoff this way. It's one Georgia two Ohio State, three Tennessee, four Bama. Like, those are probably the four best teams in the country. Yeah, but I mean, Michigan has been very good this year. But like, it's do you hard. think we Michigan don't know be Mich- favored on a neutral side against any of those four? Um, Probably not. Um, yeah. I think Michigan and Clemson are definitely... Do you think that's Clemson why will I'm be not, even? That's why I'm not totally against this expanded playoff we have coming mm. up because, like, you just... Let's just decide on the field, you know, like it's I, I think Clemson and Michigan are in that conversation, but I definitely wouldn't put them ahead of any of those four you named. Well, like you said, it will happen on the field. And we uh, did not mention last week on the show or on Sunday show that uh, our, our pick them. We did not uh, reveal our weekend results. So oh, before right. we get started in this week's Matt Green, how do the pick them how how does the pick'em currently stand? And am I still a raving success this season? Uh, I would still have to say you are a raving success in mm. your words. Um, so you went seven and four overall this past week, uh, five and six against the spread. Um, I went seven sure. and four, seven and four overall, mm. five and six against the spread. I also went seven and four overall and six and five against hmm. the spread. So made up a game on you there. Still four games back against the spread. Uh, you're 40, 38 and two to my 36, 42 and two. And then overall, you have a 10 game lead, 59 and 21 to my 49 and 31 record. So, hmm. and then Zeus uh, got both of his home dogs of the week last week Illinois and Kentucky. Love to gave see him, it. Gave him both of those. Give him four and four. 
uh, on the year. So looking to get back over 500 this week. There you go. Um, he's tried it a couple of times. He's been right there at 500, I think three times now this season. So hopefully he can string together uh, some dubs uh, here on the show. Matt Green, where are we going first? All right. The uh, college game day, game of the week in aughts and zoo. <laughs> Uh, Eugene, Oregon, UCLA at Oregon. Oregon is a six point, uh, home favorite in this one. And I went back and forth with this one. Honestly, Mm. these two offenses are so similar. Like Bo Nix has been just very good, uh, ever since the Georgia game and DTR has been, I don't know, probably the best quarterback in this conference. I mean, Caleb Williams has obviously been very good, but I don't know. This UCLA offense has been really good. Uh, Oregon's got two guys averaging over six yards a carry. Um, And then UCLA's got Zach Charbonnet just as the workhorse by himself, basically. Um, But looking at them, the biggest and both defenses have been have been really good this year. But looking at the biggest difference I noticed was Oregon is a 11th in the uh, Pac-12 in completion percentage allowed. And they've allowed 13 touchdowns and only had only have five interceptions on the season. Not great passing numbers to allow when you're about to face DTR, who's been one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, like we said. This is, however, UCLA's second road game of the season, and their only mm. other road game was at Colorado, which I don't even know if there was 20,000 people at that game. Colorado games haven't looked too hot this year. Um, so, ah, I feel like I've been going back and forth on this one, mm-hmm. but just because of the road environment, I think I'm going to take Oregon, but I'm going to take UCLA against the spread. So I think it's closer than the six, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take Oregon to, to pull this one out. Whew. Um, this, like you said, I went back and forth. It being in Oregon is a big part of it, but also UCLA they benefited from their two last big uh, top 25 wins, uh, Washington at home on a Friday night, your favorite in spooky season. And then the following week uh, getting uh, the, why am I blanking? Who do they just have uh, at home? Why am I blanking this past week? Um, UCLA. Who did they play last week? Who did they just have last week? Why am I blanking on who they just beat at home last week? Uh, uh, Utah. Utah. Yeah. So when they beat Utah, they beat um, Washington. Um, it was one of those things where they got them both at home. And hey, that's the schedule. It worked out. You took care of business at home. Going to Oregon is a totally different animal. Uh, you talked about Otzen and just it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's the Chip Kelly homecoming again. He's been back obviously a couple of times, but obviously it means a lot uh, for Chip Kelly and also the Oregon Ducks uh, to take care of business against one of their iconic coaches of the past. Um, that we grew up with uh, just loving the Dennis Dixon and the Jeremy Masoli days um, back in uh, duck country. I don't know. I think I may have already been grown up then. <laughs> Masoli? I think we're, like, I think what? I'm like 20 or something. And Jeremiah Masoli is there. Is he? Okay. Who's, Maybe the, Dennis Dixon, who's the national championship quarter? Dennis Dixon. That was those seven years mm-hmm. is when he, he got hurt. Uh, yeah. I would have been 17 that year. Okay. But number one, what was the, freshman quarterback uh that's who went to the national championship when they mm-hmm. played at auburn like 
it was like Darren Johnson or something like that. I can't remember his name, but that uh, sounds close. It's something like that, but uh, I'll have to look it up. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's I very mean, I'm thin. Like, I'm like 20 years old when they were mm-hmm. in the national championship. I guess they were in two national championships, mm-hmm. uh, the one with Mariota as well. But that was, oh, what was Helfrich? Yes, that was his name, Mark Helfrich. So yeah. those are the golden years of the Oregon Ducks. Dan Lanning's trying to bring them back. Well, the Ducks have won nine of the last 10 against UCLA. Um, Oregon has the number one rushing defense in the Pac-12, only averaging 98.0 yards per game. But guess what? UCLA coming in right after them at number two. So both defenses are much improved. Uh, Both are stingy. Both don't allow you to run the football, but both the Ducks and the Bruins love to run the ball. Zach Charbonnet against this uh, run defense against Oregon is going to be the matchup to watch. And I'm very curious to see if he's able to uh, do anything major here because UCLA number one and third down conversions uh, in the Pac-12. So they've been really good uh, standing on the field and uh, keeping drives moving. Basically the antithesis of the Cal Golden Bears who just brought um, a retired <laughs> offensive line coach uh, out of retirement to help with the offense as a analyst. But um, what people might not remember is that Bo Nix is completing 70% of his passes at this point. Um, he has really turned it around. I think people just have this lasting image of what he did uh in the georgia game but he settled in him and kenny dillingham like bo nix was right i think we can go ahead and say based on what we've seen from auburn this year and what we've seen from bo nix in oregon he made the right choice to jump ship when he did uh he's actually a great comeback story so i i'm going to bet on bo nix doing more through the air and ucla struggling to run the football and dtr and charbonnet struggling against this front seven for the ducks on the road. So give me the ducks to win and cover. Mm, put it on the board. Um, our next one, we're going to the ACC. This is a nooner. Mm. Um, Syracuse at Clemson. Can we move Clemson. this to Syracuse? Can we just move this to the carrier dome? Why is that? That would make it interesting to you? Yeah, that would make it interesting. I would pick Q's, and that's, I, I don't want to spoil my pick here, mm. but I'm really pissed that this is actually in Clemson. Clemson got lucky here that this is a the one, like when they've had trouble with Q's in the past, and they get Q's, of course. When Q's is undefeated, they get them at home. I, it just it grinds my gears to take your term away from you. It grinds my gears that this is in uh, Death Valley. It's uh, it's Peter Griffin's term anyway, mm. so I'm not going to claim it. But um, yeah, like you said, Syracuse is they're a 13 point dog on the road at Clemson. I uh, I look at this game and I like Syracuse this year. Their defense has been so good, which is why I don't think Clemson is going to win by 13. Um, but I just I can't believe. Like people like don't look now, but like DJ Uyunglele is having a really good season. Like he's got 17 touchdowns, I think two picks on the year, um, over 300 yards rushing. Like he's been really good for Clemson this year. I think every single week, I feel like they've gotten a little bit better. And I just don't think Syracuse is gonna be able to run the ball on Clemson. They're the I think the number one run defense in the country, like giving up like two yards a carry, like. This defense, I just I don't I don't see Syracuse scoring more than like 10, 14 points in this game. And I think it's gonna take more than that to beat Clemson. I think it's like a 20 to 14 type of game. So give me give me the Tigers to to take care of business, but not cover. Interesting. You mentioned that DJ's been better. He is uh 
almost completing 70% of his passes at home, only 60% on the road. So he has struggled on the road, and it's something to keep in mind um, about DJU as the season goes on. But um, Q's number one scoring defense in the ACC this season, uh, giving up only 13 points per game, and they've only given up nine points total in their last two games. So I am buying that Q's is going to keep this close and I hate that it's going to be like a game winning field goal or something by Clemson. So I'm actually following your lead here. I am going Clemson to win, but I think Q's covers and I think this comes down to the wire. Yeah. They've played one road game so far at UConn. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a little bit different experience. Uh, in whoa, whoa. Leaf stores, Connecticut uh, alone, sir. Jim Moore has got that thing humming up there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a tiny notch below uh, Death Valley um, on a Saturday. <laughs> but moving to the Big 12, we got Kansas at Baylor. My Baylor Bears are an eight and a half point home favorite. And are they still your Baylor great. Bears? Did you just say your Baylor Bears? When did they become yours? This has, been my squad. Guy? this has been my squad this year. I told you right after I didn't pick them to win the Big 12, the way they started the season, I was just, I thought they were the best team in the Big 12. And then um, things have gone south for them quickly, you know, but I haven't, I haven't completely jumped off the bandwagon. Um, but I look at this game and Kansas, I'm just not buying Kansas. They last two games are giving up 45 points a game. Um, to Oklahoma and TCU, which are two of the better offenses, of course. Uh, Well, Oklahoma should be one of the better offenses, but Baylor's dropped two straight to Oklahoma State, and then they went into the black hole that is Morgantown, West Virginia. And you just can't expect to go into West Virginia, no matter how bad they are, and and expect a W. So I'm going to give them a pass on this one. I still think Baylor is a good team. I think they bounce back this week, and um, I don't know. This might be their last chance I'm giving, I'm giving Baylor. I might have to jump off the bandwagon if they let me down this week. So give me Baylor to win and cover. Okay. Um, like you said, they get uh, the Friday nighter against the Mountaineers, and uh, it's always tough going to Morgantown under those circumstances. And Morgantown got an, actually a much-needed win. They were in desperation mode uh, with Neil Brown and your, your boy JT Daniels. But – um KU we should mention without their quarterback looks like Daniels is out for the year right like Dan- I believe a, so yeah so that's a huge huge bummer for the Jayhawks because he was awesome and we've seen flashes from Beam so maybe Beam is able to keep this thing humming but just not to the same degree Jalen Daniels is having a borderline Heisman campaign so it's just that they have to come back down to earth a little bit this is in Baylor um Waco rather so I think that's gonna be a big part of it but I think it's what's interesting here is that Kansas is number one in sacks in the Big 12. And Baylor is last. They're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, sir. Uh, not a pressure defense, which is weird with Dave Aranda's group. But they've struggled there. Um, my thing I come back to here, though, is they get a long rest before this one. You played earlier. You get a little bit of time uh, to get ready for this. It's home. Kansas has lost two straight. They're kind of reeling, coming back down to earth. I think uh, the Baylor Bears win and cover here. I think they they get back back on the right side. All right, put it on the board. And then this one, a little disappointed when I saw this, the line for this game. Uh, Ole Miss going on the road to the other Death Valley. Um, 
not to insult LSU fans out there. Only um only bulletin board material I can ever remember Mark Rick Mark Richt giving in his in his career at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, 2003, they opened the season at Clemson, beat them. I want to say 30 to zero. And then like week four or something played at LSU. And he was like, I'm pretty sure we played at death at like the real death Valley, like a couple weeks ago. And mm. LSU fans ran with that. But, um, <laughs> anywho, Ole Miss at LSU, I was kind of alluded to this last week, uh, with Ole Miss, the way they looked against Auburn, giving up a lot of points. I felt like they were a team that might be on upset alert uh, going in Death Valley. Mm. And this one is a pick So I was a little disappointed because I thought LSU would be my home dog this week. Oh. And um, I think this one started with the first time I saw it, Ole Miss was a one-point favorite. And now, I mean, on ESPN, just you look at the the scores, uh, it says it's saying uh, LSU is a two-point two favorite now. So... Uh, I think a lot of people are feeling the same way about Ole Miss. They just don't feel like super solid at six and zero. Like I feel like they just, I still need more from from Ole Miss. Like the Kentucky win, like that's that's good, but that was the game. Was that the game Levis was out? Yes. No. So, yeah, Levis played that one. Levis played. Levis uh, was missed the South Carolina yes. game. That's right. So. Yeah, I, that's that's the best win we've seen so far from Ole Miss. But uh, I just look at – I'm a little worried about the Auburn performance last week. So mm. they're, they're another one. Like they've played two road games this year at Georgia Tech and at Vanderbilt. I mean, if you want to talk about like the two worst home field advantages in all of Power 5, mm. Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt have to be up there, top five. And then you're talking the best home field advantage in all of college football. It might be LSU. So I think this game, I just, this is the 3.30 CBS slot. I uh, I feel like it's going to be a primetime atmosphere. I think LSU is going to come ready to play. So I think uh, I'm going to call, I feel like it's still an upset, even though it's even. Um, but I'm going to take LSU to win this one. Knock off the number seven undefeated Ole Miss Rebels. Wow. I didn't think you were going to do this. So Ole Miss won this game a year ago when they won 10 games. Uh, The home team has won eight of the last 10 in this series. So that's something that's nice for uh, the good folks in Death Valley. Um, Ole Miss, though, number one in first downs from running plays. Uh, They've been able to do it with their two-headed monster uh, in the backfield. and that's going to be interesting here because the way Tennessee blew up uh, LSU a few weeks ago was through the air and they had no LSU had no answers. LSU just beat Florida, keeping the ball, playing keep away and just drove right down the field over and over and over again, playing their style in Florida because they just have no playmakers out wide. We're not able to take advantage of where LSU is uh, limited. I think this is a bad matchup for Ole Miss. I, I don't like this for them. Um, LSU is built to beat teams uh, like Ole Miss. That's why they beat Florida. That's why they got crushed by Tennessee. I haven't seen enough out wide from Ole Miss. Jackson Dart has not had to win Ole Miss a game through the air yet. And I think this is his first challenge in terms of like, hey, we uh we need you to win this to the air. You need to be the playmaker uh, that we acquired in the portal and what you showed flashes of when you were at USC. And I don't know if he's going to do that. Um, LSU wants 
Ole Miss to run the football at them. They want them to keep this on the ground. You can run, um, and we'll see. I we'll see if they're able to play that game. <sighs> it's toss up. I don't feel great about it, Matt Green, but I don't think this is where Ole Miss goes down. I think Ole Miss is still going to keep this thing going. Mm. I think LSU is going to go back and forth this year in a rebuilding effort, but um, I think Ole Miss gets it done. But I think this is going to be one of the this to me. I think will be the most memorable game on Saturday in the SEC. I think this will be this will be the big one that folks are glued to. All right, put it on the board. Um, the next one. We go to the Big 12, Texas at Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State is a four-and-a-half-point home dog in this one. And I look at Oklahoma State, and this offense has been really good this year. I know Spencer Sanders, I think, is questionable in this one. Um, I think he'll play, but I also know nothing, so you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, John Snow over here <laughs> and the, in their three big 12 games this year, they're averaging, they're allowing 33 points a game. They're also 126th in the country and pass defense. So they're scoring a lot, but they're also giving up a lot. And I just don't think that, uh, they're going to be able to stop this Texas offense really. So I wasn't really impressed with Texas last week uh, at Iowa State, but I think they're going to get their act together, and Oklahoma State's not stopping anybody, and I think this offense is going gonna, is gonna to have a good day. So, this Texas offense is going to have a good day. So give me the Longhorns to win and cover on the road. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. I <sighs> Oklahoma State, they started off great. Um, Spencer Sanders has been fun. Uh, the last time that the Horns were in Stillwater, they won in 2020. Uh, obviously, a lot's changed on both sides uh, since then. But Spencer Sanders, I got something for you. Against the Power Five, six TDs, four picks, six yards per attempt. He has not been at his best against big-time competition this year. So I think with a healthy Quinn Ewers and with the way Texas is playing right now, I think uh, Texas should win this one on the road. So give me the Horns uh, to win and cover. A lot of agreeing so far. It's not intentional, Matt Green. It's not yeah, intentional. Yeah, we'll I see. You already, did, you already declared your strategy a few weeks back. We'll see. Don't the, besmirch The my... listeners are on to you. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping it moving into the Big Ten, we got Purdue Boilermakers going to Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a two-point favorite in this one. Wisconsin has won 15 straight over the Boilermakers. And I remember another 15-game <laughs> losing streak that came to an end just a week ago. And the last quarterback uh, to beat the uh, Wisconsin Badgers for Purdue, who would uh, who would you say that was? The Wait, the Purdue quarterback the last time yeah. they won? 15 years ago. Uh, Kyle Orton? That is correct, sir. Mm. So... Wisconsin has just not been good this year, averaging 170 yards per game on the ground. Not awful, but mm. by Wisconsin Badger standards, absolutely terrible. Mm. And that's that's who they want to be, and they just haven't been that this year. Uh, I like Purdue. I think Purdue's one of the better teams in the Big Ten West. This Aiden, Aiden O'Connell in this offense, I think they get it done. In this 15-game losing streak, 
Give me the Boilermakers. Make it Boilermakers. That guy over there is sea yeah. bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's interesting because I'm not going where you're going. Wisconsin likes to pick off passes, but are they going to get the INTs against Aiden O'Connell and company? It's pretty often still humming. They're fine. Wisconsin, 0-3 versus teams with a winning record. They blew it last week against the Spartans. I don't think this is still going well. I think uh, it's fool's gold right now uh, with Wisconsin. I think that streak comes to an end. Give me the Boilermakers to pull it off here at uh, at Wisconsin. So give me Purdue in an upset. Is it an upset? I don't know. Yeah, two points, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, put it on the board. I thought you were going Wisconsin. You uh, you you tricked me in the first half there. <laughs> you had me in the first uh, half, not. Um, our next one, we go prime time in Tuscaloosa. Crimson Tide looking to bounce back from that loss in Knoxville last week. The what is it? The twenty fourth ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs, twenty one point underdog at Alabama. What say you about this one? I would not want to be a bulldog right now. I mean, that's rough. Back-to-back, going to Kentucky and then getting Bama uh, the following week. I don't feel good about this one at all if I'm a Mississippi State fan. This is this is rough. And we said coming into the year, like there was a part of their schedule where you're like, man, Mississippi State could be really good, and they're still going to go like 8-4, and 7-5 because this schedule is just brutal. And this is not when you want to play Alabama following a loss to Tennessee on the road. Uh, this is This is my lock of the week, Bama winning this one in covering here so shutouts the last two times the bulldogs have gone into tuscaloosa shutouts in both occasions um they have a another long win streak against uh the the bulldogs so i don't think the crimson tide get back-to-back losses and two back long-term streaks broken in in succession uh, mississippi state ninth in rushing defense in the sec you can run on this group Chris Rodriguez almost ran for 200 yards on Mississippi State last week. Jameer Gibbs is just a much, much better version of Chris Rodriguez. Um, Give me Jameer Gibbs and the Crimson Tide to run all over Mississippi State and win very comfortably. So give me the the Tide to win and cover. So how many many in a a row has it been for uh, for Alabama? I, I think it's longer than Tennessee, Alabama. I'm, unless I'm mistaken. Last time, no. So they did actually beat Saban uh, year one, 2000. It was year one, so it's 15 years for them too. 17, uh, 17 to 12 that year. Mm. So 14 in a row? Mm. Not 15, sir. Give me... No, oh, I'm not wow. going to take I thought you were actually going to do it. But I think there's real problems with Alabama right now. And so I feel like... Typically, like we always talk about, like, oh man, they're gonna come out so pissed after a loss, like, and they're gonna beat someone 50 to zero. Like, I just I don't think that's who Alabama is anymore. Like, I don't mm. think they're just this juggernaut. I think they're a flawed team. Like, their playmakers out wide, like, have just leave so much to be desired. And I feel like they're just they're just not that Alabama level we're used to seeing. Like, you saw what Tennessee did to their secondary last week. Like you don't think Mike Leach saw what they what this secondary just gave up? Like I think I think there's real problems on Alabama's team right now. I think Alabama wins this, but I do not think they they cover the 21 point spread. I think this is going to be like a 41 like 24 type of game or something. Like Mississippi State, like 
isn't necessarily in it, but I don't think they just get blown out either. Hmm. Okay. And um, keeping it moving, uh, back to the Big Ten, we got the Golden Gophers going to Happy Valley. Penn State is a four and a half point favorite at home at night in uh, <clears throat> in Happy Valley. And I just I don't want to overreact to the loss to Michigan because I think Michigan really is one of those like five elite teams in college football. But this offense, man, for Penn State, just has not looked good a few weeks in a row now. Like Minnesota also has not looked good a few weeks in a row now offensively. I I've gone back and forth on this game. What you go you go ahead. What do you what do you say about this one? I find it interesting you've gone back and forth on this one. I think Minnesota just might be bad. Like, I think it's time to just eject from the Minnesota group. Um, it's gut check time for both. But in October, Tanner Morgan, zero touchdowns, six picks, two losses. This is just uh, something's very much broken with the passing game in Minnesota. Muhammad Ibrahim is doing a great job running the football, but there's something broken with Morgan and the confidence level and just the guys out wide that, like, I don't care how good this Minnesota defense is. They're not going to score enough points to uh, to beat this Penn State group. So I think Penn State bounces back and wins and covers. I think this is actually going to be a beat down for Penn State. You, I mean, Penn State has scored 17 points each of the last two weeks. Like Michigan's really good, but Northwestern, like they're, they're not a good team either. Like Illinois, True. I mean, you look at Illinois, I think we don't necessarily give them the respect, but like, They've been a really good team this year, especially defensively. I I I don't do gonna, it. I think I'm going to go with Minnesota. I just oh, I, haven't, wow. I haven't been impressed with Penn State. Like I thought, like defensively, yeah, they're still good, but I, I like this Minnesota team defensively as well. So both of these quarterbacks just just need to improve. I feel like this game, the winner of this game, is going to score less than twenty points. I, hmm. I think this one's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be ugly. And I'm going to I'm going to pick the Golden Gophers to do it. Go on the road, get the upset. Wow. We disagree again. There we go. <clears throat> um A&M going back to the SEC. A&M mm. and South Carolina. The Gamecocks have never beaten the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh they've played every year since 2014. Both of these teams coming off bye weeks. I went back and forth on this one as well. I think uh, A&M just has not looked very good. Obviously, the two straight losses to Mississippi State, at Mississippi State and at Alabama. South Carolina is coming off a big win at Kentucky without Will Levis. Oh, man, you look at Haynes King. He's been so average, if not just bad. Spencer Rattler probably hasn't even been average like five touchdowns eight picks this year Marshawn these running games have been the the bright spot of both teams um and I guess you because A&M as much as we piped with their defense like you look at the numbers and their defense you ran really, all over them they have one of the worst run defenses in college football this year they, yeah they really don't I, I I was a little surprised to get the numbers about their defense um and and that's that's what South Carolina is going to want to do Marshawn Lloyd's having a really good year so far and I think um, I think this is going to be it. I think this is the home dog of the week. If if South Carolina can't beat this Texas A&M team, I'm not sure they ever will. So I think Shane Beamer really needs this win. Like 
this is a this is a bad Texas A and M team. Like honestly, like they're I don't think they're going to be this bad for a while. I honestly, I think I think their program's headed in the right direction. They just do not look they just do not look good offensively this year. And if South Carolina wants to get to eight nine wins or so, like they like they think they can, I think they're going to have to get this one. So give me the Gamecocks home dog of the week to uh to win this one. Ugh. Ugh. Can't believe you did it. What are you doing, Matt Green? Are you just trying to throw away this thing for me? They got to go into Williams Bryce Stadium at night, sir. Oh, my God. Do not God. take it lightly. Um, I am taking it lightly. And also, people forget co coach of the year uh, in 2021, Mr. Shane Beamer. How's it going? How is it going in, uh, in uh, South Carolina country versus Tennessee right now? Seem to recall me scoffing at the idea that this was a close thing and that this should have been a co-coach of the year thing. And uh, I think both programs in a very different trajectory. I was told Spencer Rattler preseason best quarterback in the sec. Um, to be fair, if you look at their schedule, like from a win preseason wins, losses standpoint, Arkansas at Arkansas and Georgia are not two games. They should have won. And they are five, four and two right now. Tennessee so, beat Florida. They go to Pitt. They beat Bama at home. What do you we're mean? We're not comparing South Carolina to Tennessee. If you're going to give them co-coach of the year, year two that for was both. last year. You have Spencer Rattler. You could have done this with Hinton Hooker if you had the personnel, you had the system, you had the scheme, you had... We're, what not, we're not comparing 2022 Tennessee and 2021 South Carolina. We're talking no, I'm about saying 20... 2022 South Carolina. This offense is supposed to be explosive and fun. But I'm saying that's... He won 2021 co-coach of the year or whatever. Yeah. We're talking 2022. They're obviously not as good as Tennessee. But no. I'm saying they lost to Georgia and Arkansas, and then they beat They didn't just lose else. to Georgia. They got absolutely obliterated by Georgia. I mean, that's true. But we're also talking about Texas A&M here, who obviously they almost beat Alabama. They almost beat Alabama. But they also lost big to Mississippi State. They lost yeah. to App State. Like, this is not a good football team. Like, also... App State's to, also better than South Carolina. I mean, that's... I don't know. That's possible. But... Someone at Texas A&M should talk to the SEC office. There mm. should never be a time. They do have a bye week last week. Yeah, that's there important. They had a bye. Be, there should, but South Carolina did too. But there should never be a time where someone plays three straight road games. Like, that's mm. just, that's garbage. They got to they gotta take that one up with the SEC office. Well, they've lost two straight. South Carolina's won three straight. The Aggies are last in scoring offense in the SEC, which is not where you want to be. But... South Carolina only averages 20 points a game versus power five competition. If you want to be in a dog fight, this is the team that AM should absolutely be because South Carolina's not going to just run away with this one. Their high powered offense that does not exist is not going to uh, be a problem here. So no, give me the Aggies to win and cover. This is, I, I'm not going to lock it up for the week, but get, you can all miss me with this South Carolina stuff. Like, no, no, they're going to be lucky to make a bowl no game. One, no one's hyping up South Carolina. People I are picking want, South Carolina in this one. You just clear. pick South Carolina over the I want Aggies. that to be clear. This is this is an indictment never on beat Texas A&M. This is an indictment on Texas A&M. You like, just have a bone to pick with Texas A&M for being this bad this year. I mean, I think they just haven't been a good team. Just fraudulent. I don't, I don't think good team – I think if you're not a good team and you go on the road in the SEC – the results usually aren't good. So 
I don't think I think they're very flawed. We I don't I don't have much idea what to expect from them week in week out because they got dominated by Mississippi State and then almost beat Alabama. Like they're just there's there's no rhyme or reason really to this team and it's a hostile environment. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be an, a rowdy atmosphere in Williams Bryce, which is an underrated home field advantage in college football, in mm. my personal opinion. Gotta love the sandstorm. Can't wait for it in what a month from now. Uh, can't wait to just walk into the the sandstorm and uh, blow the doors off those South Carolina Gamecocks. Can't. I wait. want seventy to zero. I want an absolute bloodbath. I'm not sure I, there will be a more emotionally charged game for me than the South Carolina game. And I want the co-coach of the year just blasted all over Knoxville for the full week of practice and Hypel getting asked <laughs> about. What's it like playing the coach who you shared the co-coach at newcomer of the year in the SEC last year? What What are your thoughts? No need. No, just oh god, I'm I'm like getting all hyped up. It's it's late. Shouldn't do it. All right, can we move on so I don't just lose my mind over another South Carolina is maybe back conversation? You um see, I, I don't I don't know why it has to go to that point. We're just talking one game. It doesn't yeah. need to be uh South Carolina's back or anything. They just could be better. Oh, how about this, Matt? True or false? South Carolina wins this one. It's gonna be an emotionally charged uh, post game from Shane Beamer in the locker room. Hey, you just don't hate his energy, all right? He's gotta do what he's gotta do for his team, for his program, all right? At some point, I got got hype on that last one, on that last video that that he uh, that they threw out there. Congratulations Um, on being the Will Levis list Kentucky Wildcats on the road. There you go. Hey, man, you gotta celebrate the victories. It's a it's a long week of practice. Long a lot of preparation goes into each of these weeks. You gotta you gotta celebrate them. Wait, what's the rest of their schedule, by the way? Could they lose the rest of the way? Could they lose out starting with AM? You're talking I feel like their South schedule's Carolina. tough, right? Oh, they have Vanderbilt still. That's it. Okay. So we got Vanderbilt, A&M, Mizzou. Missouri at Vanderbilt at Florida, Tennessee at Clemson. So they so, lose the last three. And I mean, then... they could easily win these next three. So what, I mean, they can beat Florida. Like Florida's not a good team. So true. I think they, they they have they can reasonably think they can win seven eight games. I think for sure. I think that's mm. definitely a possibility. Eight eight is the max. I think, but because I mean that takes winning this week. But because you're not you're not they're not beating Tennessee or Clemson to finish the season. Do they have three runs or four right now. They're four four and okay. two. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's possible. I'm going to say six and six is how they finish. Mm. We'll see. Hey, that's possible too. Um, Keeping it moving. To the American Conference, we got Central Florida at East Carolina. Central Florida has won. How did this make the pick I'm not really sure why this is on the pick (laughs) Who is this uh, for? Who is listening to our podcast for the UCF ECU thoughts? I was honestly trying to find a better game to replace this one, but I couldn't, I couldn't really do it. Yeah. Ohio Um, state, Iowa is just not a game. Yeah. You go to like the, the like all the decent sec games are on our pick. Um, like, uh, you know, there's West Virginia, Texas tech, uh, you know, out there. Um, there's really not, there's really not much to, to choose from. I, I was, I was surprised to see this game come up on our pick'em, but you know the uh, what well, is weird that the UCF magical only a five pick'em point 
maestro. You know, he, he chose these games. We, well, we they're only a five-point favorite. Like, that's weird that they're only a five-point favorite. I think it's because uh, East Carolina has, like, a weird home field advantage. They feel like they mm. can uh, – I think it's a tricky place to go play. But uh, like I said, UCF's won six straight in this series, and um, I think they make it seven. So give me give me the Golden Knights to win and cover. Holton Allers, their quarterback, 17 TDs, five picks, 2,000 passing yards from Greenville, North Carolina. Been good, uh, especially at home. Uh, 10 TDs, three picks at home, um, completing almost 70% passes here. Uh, in October, he's just lighting it up. Give me the Pirates, who should have won, if you recall, a few weeks ago. Remember, it was just the North Carolina gauntlet. All college football was just on uh, pins and needles with what was happening with North Carolina, App State, NC State, East Carolina. You go up and down the list. They weren't able to pull it off. They get their revenge against UCF, who is just enjoying the highest of highs after dropping a program high 70 points. Uh, last week so 70 to 13 their win that was the most points scored ever by the the knights in program history no give me the east carolina pirates and an upset upset saturday matt green all right put it on the board they do not like to be called eastern carolina Fun that's fact people forget that um is east carolina better than south carolina people are saying no I mean, they beat them, what, by like one point last year when they yep. were starting the walk-on grad assistant or whatever? How many Carolina schools are better than South Carolina? Um, I mean, Clemson definitely is. North Carolina? I NC think North State. Carolina is debatable. Like, I think I would probably pick North Carolina to, to beat them. But, App State? I mean, they're, they're, North Carolina's played with every single team they've they've they played this year like it's a one score game with the regardless of who they they play What's the citadel up to yeah i mean i think app state i mean what they, they were playing i think they won tonight yeah, right they blew out georgia uh, state nc state with devin leary i'd probably pick over south carolina but this nc state team we've seen the last couple no we got to go with devin leary i'm just saying like hell i devin mean leary. currently though they don't have him and they're pretty bad yeah well south carolina loves beating good teams without their starting quarterback it's one of their favorites <laughs> This man, you just hate South Carolina so much. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, all that bad mouthing of South Carolina. You just wait. Going into Williams Bryce Stadium later this year. I will lose my mind, especially if they were to beat Georgia and then to lose to South Carolina. Like I would, I think I'm not doing the podcast that week. I think I'm just going to be in hiding. It's funny because I feel like you just like nonchalantly like predicted that to happen in the yes. regular season or before in the uh, off season. Mm -hmm. And um, it'd be pretty crazy if that. Well, I did happen. predict. Remember on our thing, I said 10 and two, where I thought one of the losses would be to either Bama or Georgia and the other loss to South Carolina. That was my preseason prediction was 10 and two with the, that schedule. Play the tape back, folks. But the the way you just said it like yeah oh, i can understand i can live with 10 and 2 you know yeah lose but now Georgia, here, Alabama, now undefeated and now then it's maybe different. south carolina drop a game they shouldn't lose to yeah, yeah it's gonna be an absolute meltdown if if they're number five and talking about making the playoff without making the conference championship or something and then drop into south carolina that would be absolutely catastrophic but <laughs> it's a long way away they 
who knows? They might be number one in South Carolina knocks them off and, and ruins their shot to, to play for the SEC. Although they'd have the one game, they'd have the one game buffer. They'd have the two game lead over Georgia, basically, mm. if they beat them. But we'll see. We're a long way away from that. Um, the one thing, the last thing I have to say about Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia's got Florida. And just because of the Florida game, I feel like Georgia can't overlook Florida. It's just like such an event. It's like a Super Bowl neutral site type thing. The Kentucky game for Tennessee definitely feels like a game you could overlook. Like mm. that seems like a, a game you could be looking ahead because everyone looks ahead on Kentucky because no one respects Kentucky. Mm. And it's like once you once you disrespect Kentucky, that's when they can creep up and beat you. Um, but keeping it moving, mm. that's all I'll say. We got a lot of time to talk Georgia Tennessee. Uh, our last one on our pick: um, Kansas State at TCU. You are no longer a Kansas State guy. You <laughs> no. jumped off the bandwagon. You you can't jump back on. And but, I won't. Um, they're uh, they're averaging twenty eight points a game this year. They are they are allowing sixteen, which I think I think is the best in the Big Twelve so far this year. TCU has given up four hundred uh, yards a game uh, defensively, which surprisingly isn't the worst in the Big Twelve. A lot a lot of big numbers getting hung on some Big Twelve defenses this year. I think I think that's like fourth to last in the Big 12, but they're first in the conference and third in the country with 45 averaging 45.8 points per game this season. I just I think Kansas State is a good team. I just do not like I don't see TC running the table, but I don't think this is where they get tripped up. I think I I'm going to continue to believe in Max Duggan and this offense. Like mm. they've just they're averaging over 525 yards a game. Like this, this offense has just been ridiculous. Uh, balance, running and passing. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick TCU to keep this thing going. Move to seven and zero. Hmm. I'm also picking TCU to win this one. This is gonna be the ultimate passing versus rushing game, where it's just like the elite rushing team versus the elite passing team. And in the modern sports era, I'm going with going with Quentin Johnson and Max Duggan and the offense to score too much for the Kansas State Wildcats. I think this is where their run uh their their luck runs out uh in TCU. It's going to be cool. I think they're doing a blackout. This is going to be uh the game to watch Saturday night. So Are they doing a blackout? That's what I thought I saw. Because I fully support a blackout because I these games are uniform talk now for mm. the podcast. We got a purple team versus a purple team. This is when the the fan base, one of the fan bases needs to come together and say, "Hey, we're not rocking whatever color. Insert your whatever team color conflict that's going on. TCU rocking all black for this game is perfect. They are wearing me. all black. Yeah, that's what I thought I saw. Like Syracuse, yeah. every Syracuse fan that goes to the Clemson game should be rocking navy. Like they should be rocking some navy helmets, navy pants, that sort of thing. Just like you're you're not orange for a weekend. You're just you just rock the navy. Like or or maybe this is Clemson busts out the purple this week, you know, and and Syracuse is rocking orange. Something like that. I don't know if I don't know if they choreographed this together, but Did you like the Space U uniforms that UCF wore last week? No, no, no. <laughs> Those are so lame. I just no. Not at all. What I did like was was that last year or a year two years ago when mm. they rocked the uh, everyone had the UCF logo on the helmet, but then it also had like the state they were f- specifically from. Mm. So like everyone's helmet was kind of different. It had like the state like shape on it. It was kind of a cool thing they did. But 
but no, the space you thing like that's so corny. I can't not not a fan. Mm. So okay. that that's been your uniform talk for the week. So um, yeah, let's, let's both take TCU to win and cover. So we got a we got a few disagreements in here. But did you know Oregon's wearing pink? By the way. No, I did not know that. Yeah, so for breast like cancer. A, is it like a pink out or yeah, something? Yeah, stomp like out that? cancer. Hey, I hate cancer as much as the next guy, but um, I I I hate the pink uniform stuff. Like, I it just, looks good. I I'll send these to you too. No, these look good. They're pink and uh, yellow. And I won't black. stand for it. <laughs> won't stand for it. Look at this guy over here. Won't do it. I don't uh, care what the cause is. Wow. Matt Green, uniforms above all. Matt Green, pro-cancer? No. Oh, my God. Also, I will <laughs> say the Oklahoma black uniforms were awful. I could not. I don't know why they were wearing those. Those were. Oh, the, they're like gray, right? Yeah, like charcoal gray those, black. Oh, terrible. What terrible. are you doing? You're Oklahoma. I, I've, You know when I lost faith in uniform and humanity when it comes to uniforms? <laughs> mm-hmm. Was however many years ago, once the Boston Celtics... Once the Boston Celtics started rocking alternate uniforms, I was just mm. like, there's just, there's no hope anymore. There's, I, I don't, did you watch them last night? See the yes. Celtics playing? Mm-hmm. I was like, who, what team is this? They're like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like when LeBron was there, they would like change their uniforms every other year or every other, every other week, honestly. I think they rocked like 12 different uniforms while LeBron played for the Cavs. Like, I don't know. Once the Celtics started changing their uniforms, like that was, Nothing else is sacred, you know. It's like Alabama, where they gonna put a logo on their helmet? Like, just couldn't do it. Mm. Well, Matt Green, I think that does it for our pick'em this week. Anything else you wanted to hit before we wrap up here on a Wednesday night? That's all I got, sir. Uh, enjoy your. I'll enjoy my actual bye week. Tennessee fans, enjoy your basically bye week. Mm. And, um. November 5th, we're only a few weeks away. Few weeks and away. I will say oh. I'm glad that I uh, went to the Auburn game mm. because uh, I 100% cannot afford to go to this Georgia-Tennessee game. What like, are the I current think, tickets? Like I thought, how are they? I up? think I saw the worst seat in the house is like 625 or something like that. Like it is uh, outside your That's boys' before price fees, range. by the way, folks. That's before I'm the I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's if it's 625 <laughs> for one ticket, you're probably paying 400 bucks in fees. Who the yeah. hell knows? Like it's absurd. But yeah, cuz I go to like one or two games a year. It's mm-hmm. like I, I want to have good seats when I go. So it's like I'll pay a little extra if it's like the one game I'm going to. But like mm-hmm. the seats that I want for this game are probably going like $900,000. Like who who the hell knows? Man, now you got in at a good time. You got in at a good time, sir. Saw my game, enjoyed the experience. Now I'll uh, now I'll enjoy it from from the couch. Keep track of the other the other games going on around the there country. There you go. Uh, don't forget, folks, check us out on YouTube. Uh, subscribe below uh, as this notes on this very page. Uh, YouTube.com slash Jason's Podcast. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you are an Apple Podcast listener and if you are a new listener, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode here on this very program. It's a daily national show here on the Blue Hour Pod Network. So check us out. New content each and every day right here. Um, check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com. Bookmark that for all the links and important notes for the new episodes. And as always, you can email this show at ChaseThomasPodcast at 
gmail.com for that guy down there in Decula, Georgia, and Matt Green for myself up here in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is all we've got and uh, new episodes tomorrow. So look out for that. Until then, talk to y'all soon. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.